Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast sponsored by Overdrive. Our up top reminders to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> you can follow us on social media. We are at Pro Book Nerds on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can always send us a note, drop us a line at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that said, we are going to dive into our June book picks. Hi, Joe. Hi, Emma. Hi, everyone. Uh, There are a lot of books coming out in June. There are so many books coming out in June. We both have long lists. Also, hello, welcome back. For the listeners, it's like no time has passed, but I haven't seen you in two weeks at this point. You were just on a lovely vacation. Yes. So I have a slight tan. I read some books <laughs> and it feels weird to be back in the podcasting chair after eight full business days off of work. <laughs> <laughs> you also came back to how many books in the mail? Uh, seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven. If you missed that on our Instagram story, uh, Emma came back to a bunch of book mail. Yeah. And <laughs> I also bought books while I was on vacation. Oh, how many books did um, you buy? I bought four. Um, <laughs> I brought three books with me to read and then I bought four and then I came home from vacation and rallied and went to the Cuyahoga County Public Library author event with Andrew McCarthy, where I uh, then had two additional books <laughs> because the event was ticketed. It came with the new book from him that he was promoting his book, uh, Walking with Sam. And then they had a copy of Brat. And I was like, well, while we're since here, I'm here. <laughs> since I'm here, since he is going to sign it. Uh, so stay. Uh, well, I may post a photo of that before this episode is out, but uh, my new best friend, Andrew McCarthy of <laughs> 80s. Uh, movie fame. So, so yeah. For those of us uh, <laughs> who can't do word, word problems like you just laid out, how many books are we up to now? Yeah. So se- I got seven. seven in the mail. I bought four and then I got two at the author event. So, so 13. Yeah. Okay. You were yeah. setting up like, see, it is real life kids. You will have a friend who gives you a complex word problem to solve the answer of how many books did Emma get? Yes. How many books have I acquired in the last (laughs) week and a half from vacation? Gotta love Uh, it. Although to be fair, some of the books I received in the mail were things I ordered a very long time ago, including my fairy loot Crescent City set. So that I ordered in October and it finally arrived. It's May. So (laughs) that is absolutely how it goes. It is indeed. I may post a cheeky photo on our Instagram. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, go and keep an eye out because I did get some really cool books in from Illumicrate, Waterstones, and Fairy Loot. And they all have really gorgeous sprayed edges. And you know, I love a spredge. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's a, you know, not to shout out our Instagram again, but it's a great place if you want to see the books that we're getting in the mail, whether they are advanced reader copies being sent in, or if they are either of our, you know, kind of cheeky, never ending trips to bookstores or places where you can buy books uh, on sale or in discount bins or fresh uh, sprayed edges, you know, that's, that's the place you're going to see it between our Instagram stories and our posts. So with that, I know I've derailed us, but no, I, it was worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah, let's hop into our June picks. I am going to kick us off with a very short title because I've already talked about it on the podcast 
And so I don't want to be too repetitive, but I am very excited for the five-star weekend by Ellen Hildebrand. This book comes out on June 13th. I was lucky enough to read an advanced copy of this all the way back in February. And I can't wait for other people to enjoy this wonderful story about Hollis. Ellen Hildebrand just screams summer to me. So if you are feeling the summer beachy read vibes. Um, her books are truly, truly perfect. You really can't go wrong with any of them, but the five-star weekend follows uh, Hollis Shaw. She has a food blog, so you can bet the food descriptions in this book are absolutely mouthwatering and stunning. But when Hollis endures a tragedy, her husband is killed in a car accident very suddenly. She has to figure out how to cope and how to carry on as everyone does when they experience grief and tragedy. And so to kind of get her out of her own way, she's been grieving for many, many months. She hears about something called a five-star weekend where this one woman planned a huge weekend bash for all of her best friends from different phases of her life. So Hollis invites her best friend from when she was a teen, from her twenties, you know, from her thirties and her midlife. So she kind of has those staple friendships from when she was growing up, from when she was a young mother uh, from midlife. And so she reaches out to all of those friends and they all agree to come. And I do think it's funny when you introduce your friends to your other friends and see if they're all going to get along. What's the vibe? Sometimes they really get together and everything's seamless. Other times it can be a little tense. There's a little competition there, but Hollis brings all of these women together for her very own five-star weekend. And in classic Ellen Hildebrand fashion, there's, you know, Everyone is going through their own thing in their life. There's the tragedy of moving on from her husband's passing. There's a former love that's sort of reintroduced after all these years. Um, Hollis gets closer to her daughter where their relationship has been strained since the passing of her father. And there is something else going on that is a pretty big secret that I won't talk about, but you'll have to find out. Um, So this is just such a great book. It's set in Nantucket. Again, it's like the perfect summer vibes. Everything is immaculate. Five-star weekend, Ellen Hildebrand. I said I was going to be brief and I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) When does that one come out? June 13th. Fantastic. So you don't even have to wait too long to have your own five-star weekend. My first pick, uh, this is no surprise. I'm kicking us off with a celebrity memoir because who would I be if not consistent? And this to me is one I have been clamoring for since the moment I saw it was coming. This is Page Boy by Elliot Page. So this is out June 6th. We won't have to wait too long into June. It's named a most anticipated book by Salon, The Week, Elle, Bustle, and more. And the Oscar-nominated star who captivated the world with his performance in Juno finally shares his truth in a groundbreaking and inspiring memoir about love, family, fame, and stepping into who you truly are with strength, joy, and connection. Starts off with a quote, can I kiss you? It was two months before the world premiere of Juno and Elliot Page was in his first ever queer bar. The hot summer air hung heavy around him as he looked at her. And then it happened in front of everyone, a previously unfathomable experience. Here he was on the precipice of discovering himself as a queer person, as a trans person, getting closer to his desires, his dreams, himself, without the repression he'd carried for so long. But for Elliot, two steps forward always came with one step back. With Juno's massive success, Elliot became one of the world's most beloved actors. His dreams were coming true, but the pressure to perform suffocated him. He was forced to play the part of the glossy young starlet, a role that made his skin crawl on and off set. The career that had been an escape out of his reality and into a world of imagination was suddenly a nightmare. As he navigated criticism and abuse from some of the most powerful people in Hollywood, a past that snapped at his heels, and a society dead set on forcing him into a binary, Elliot often stayed silent, unsure of what to do, until enough was enough. So it's full of intimate stories, from chasing down secret love affairs to battling body image and struggling with familial strife. Page Boy is a love letter to the power of being seen. 
With this evocative and lyrical debut, Elliot Page captures the universal human experience of searching for ourselves and our place in this complicated world. So that is Page Boy by Elliot Page out June 6th. I'm really excited for this one. I think it'll be powerful. And what a great way to kick off Pride Month. It sounds like such a good read. I know that so many people are clamoring to have that little bit of inside scoop and see where everything comes from, from his perspective. And just how, I mean, there was so much going on. (laughs) Yeah. There was so much fame, so young, so much fame, so young. And with that extra bit of insight of like, before he even knew what was going on with himself to be skyrocketed like that without, without warning and without even thinking of it. Cause Juno's like one of those indie darling films. So I don't think anyone expected anything. And then all of a sudden, okay, now it's time to fit the mold as it sounds like he was realizing he needed to do the opposite of that. Right. Like, and I, I'm curious to know, I mean, because you kind of think when you're doing something like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. But if you just can even wrap your head around how big something actually becomes. Right. And Juno was definitely something that I don't know if anyone really predicted it was going to be such a big deal at that time. I don't think so. I mean, it's still one of those like cultural zeitgeist costumes. I feel like people will still pull out the 70s gym shorts and high gym socks and a stripy yeah. shirt. Be like, we're doing Juno for Halloween. Yeah, exactly. I think I still quote it to this day. Yeah, well, because... get your hamburger phone ready. <laughs> because of the, <laughs> although maybe we should have known it, like Alice and Janney, That's you know, true. Jen Garner, I'm Jason White, Bateman. There we go. <laughs> so That's maybe true, we though. should I, have known. <laughs> I guess it shouldn't surprise me that it was such a big success, but at the time, I think Alice and Janney and Jennifer Garner were like the only names I'm blanking on everyone but Elliot and the two of them at this moment but like Jason Bateman kind of took off from there like not that he didn't have his own success already but I feel like Juno was kind of like the first stepping stone to all of the movies he did that followed because he was in everything like every year from that point on pretty much like 2007 on or whatever that was (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so this will be a really good read definitely My next pick is one that also doesn't need too much fanfare. If you have listened to the podcast at any point in time, you've definitely heard us talk about Tessa Bailey and she has the latest installment in this sort of, I I don't know if it's a dual, it's not really a duology, but they take place in the same sort of universe, but that is unfortunately yours. So this comes out on June 6th, so not too long to wait into the month to read a rom-com. And this follows that sort of same Napa Valley uh, group that we saw in Secretly Yours that came out earlier this year. So after losing her job and her fiance in one fell swoop, Natalie returns home to lick her wounds. A few months later, after she sufficiently drowned her sorrows in Cabernet, She's ready to get back on her feet. She just needs her trust fund to finance her new business venture. Unfortunately, the terms require she marry before she can have the money. Love that that's the premise still. (laughs) Wild. But I I do think it's funny that some of those things certainly still exist when you're talking about huge sums of money. And so Natalie is desperate enough to propose to a man who makes her want to kill him and to kiss him in equal measure. So I love a marriage of convenience, y'all. August Cates has a vineyard, but he doesn't know Jack about making wine. (laughs) He's determined to do his late best friend proud, no matter what it takes, except his tasting room is empty. His wine is disgusting and his buddy's legacy is circling the drain. No bank will give him the loan he needs to turn the business around. And then a gorgeous and feisty heiress knocks on his door. Are we seeing the perfect setup here? Uh, So Natalie has haunted August's dreams since the moment they met, but their sizzling chemistry immediately morphed into simmering insults. Now a quickie marriage could help them both. A sham wedding, a few weeks living under the same roof, and then they can go their separate ways, assuming they make it out alive. How hard could it be? 
There's just one thing they didn't account for their unfortunate, unbearable, undeniable attraction. I'm very excited to read Unfortunately Yours by Tessa Bailey. Love marriage of convenience, love that sort of like hate to love uh, fine line. So again, that is out on June 6th. I really find this cover illustration cute. It's fun. To me, it looks like the nanny or like bewitched. It looks like those opening credits. Yes, it does. I love that you just said it looks like the nanny. It does. <laughs> it does. Like that's, that's to me, I just see the little animated Fran Drescher and that's, that's what this is giving. So uh, my next pick, this one is out on June 6th as well. Looks like we've got a front runner for our big pub day in June. This is The Wind Knows My Name by Isabel Allende. It's a powerful moving novel from the New York Times bestselling author of A Long Petal of the Sea and Violetta, and it weaves together past and present, you know I love a time jump, tracing the ripple effects of war and immigration on one child in Europe in 1938 and another in the States in 2019. So we start off in Vienna, 1938. Samuel Adler is five years old when his father disappears during Kirstelnacht, uh, the night his family loses everything. As her child's safety becomes ever harder to guarantee, Samuel's mother secures a spot for him on a kinder transport trade out of Nazi-occupied Austria to England. He boards alone, carrying nothing but a change of clothes and his violin. In Arizona 2019, eight decades later, Anita Diaz and her mother board a tra another train, fleeing looming danger in El Salvador and seeking refuge in the United States but their arrival coincides with the new family separation policy and seven-year-old Anita finds herself alone at a camp in Nogales. She escapes her tenuous reality through her trips to Asbahar, a magical world of the imagination. Meanwhile, Selena Durian, a young social worker, enlists the help of a successful lawyer in hopes of tracking down Anita's mother. Intertwining past and present, The Wind Knows My Name tells the tale of these two unforgettable characters, both in search of family and home. It's both a testament to the sacrifices that parents make and a love letter to the children who survive the most unfathomable dangers and never stop dreaming. So that is The Wind Knows My Name by Isabel Allende, out June 6th. Stunning. Stunning, beautiful cover, beautiful concept a little heavier than what I typically pick, uh, especially in the summer. Like summertime is beach reads and thrillers for me, but I saw this cover, I read this description and I went, ooh, yep, I, I have to snap that up. Yes, yeah, so good. And she's such a master at her craft. This Absolutely. is gonna be a great book. My... A little tough, but without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, definitely. But I think that's, and I will talk about this, I think in a future episode, yeah. what makes summer such a great season for books is that we say like beach read or like summer read, that can huh. really be anything. It it really can be because it's easy to assign anything in the summer. I think of like, suddenly you're in the air conditioning and it's really chilly and mm -hmm. you can pick a different season entirely, but there is something escapist about the summer that We'll yeah, talk about exactly. Later. <laughs> <laughs> and it certainly seems to mean something different again to everyone. And so you'll notice with my picks, big shock, that I am definitely in the mood for romance or creepy, twisty thrillers, mm -hmm. and that those do make up a good amount of my picks. But also, that is what's being published in June. So uh, it can't be too far off. We're on trend. <laughs> exactly. Our moods are, are on theme. Exactly. Uh, so to carry on that theme, I am getting all my romance picks uh, pretty much done off the top. My next one is Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. Allie Hazelwood is a huge romance fan favorite, book talk favorite. Her books include The Love Hypothesis and Love on the Brain, and she's back with Love Theoretically. This is out on June 13th, and as she has uh, sort of defined her niche in the rom-com space, these are focusing on academia and STEM, and so both of the characters that we meet here are rival physicists in a vortex of academic feuds, as we love, um, and she does 
fake dating really well. I love a fake dating trope. And so if you are looking for something that fits that bill, this is definitely the one. So the many lives of theoretical physicist Elsie Hannaway have finally caught up with her. By day, she's an adjunct professor toiling away at grading labs and teaching thermodynamics in the hopes of landing tenure. By other day, Elsie makes up for her non-existent paycheck by offering her services as a fake girlfriend, tapping into her expertly honed people-pleasing skills to embody whichever version of herself the clients need. Honestly, it's a pretty sweet gig until her carefully constructed Elsie verse comes crashing down. Because Jack Smith, the annoyingly attractive and arrogant older brother of her favorite client, turns out to be the cold-hearted experimental physicist who ruined her mentor's career and undermined the reputation of theorists everywhere. And he's the same Jack Smith who rules over the physics department at MIT, standing right between Elsie and her dream job. Elsie's prepared for an all-out war of scholarly sabotage, but those long penetrating looks? not having to be anything other than her true self when she's with him? Will falling into an experimentalist's orbit finally tempt her to put her most guarded theories on love into practice? This is Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. And again, you don't have to wait too terribly long. It comes out on June 13th. Oh my gosh. Stop it. That's fantastic. I love that concept of like, Oh, I'll be, I'll be your fake girlfriend. (laughs) Yes. I fake dating is one of my absolute favorites. And I also love the added twist that it's like the older brother of a client. I love that dynamic where it's like someone that, you know, is brother. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Where it's like, Oh, I don't know how I happened upon you, but I've happened upon you. Like it, she didn't fall for a client. She fell for someone on the right. on the fringe. It's a little bit more dramatic as well, if depending on what that relationship is with that <laughs> other sibling. Um, oh. I just it it's like drama upon drama upon drama, and I love it. Fantastic. So now this is my turn to say uh, yes. I definitely trend certain ways. <laughs> Once summer reading time hits, uh, similar to Emma, I'm usually looking for a spooky or a twisty thriller. And this is also when I'm really craving some YA uh, in all forms, but especially if I can get into a little magic school, this is probably the time I'm going to want to do that. So my next pick is a YA title. This is The Grimoire of Grave Fates by Hannah Alcalf. And this is also out June 6th. I've got three in a row so far. But this is our chance to crack open our spell books and enter the world of the illustrious Galileo Academy for the Extraordinary. There's been a murder on campus, and it's up to the students of Galileo to solve it. Follow 18 authors and 18 students as they puzzle out the clues and find the guilty party. So I'm already in for like an intriguing and interesting time here. Uh, Let's just dive in. Professor of Magical History Septimus Dropwort has just been murdered, and now everyone at the Galileo Academy for the Extraordinary is a suspect. A prestigious school for young magicians, the Galileo Academy has recently undergone a comprehensive overhaul, reinventing itself as a roaming academy in which students of all cultures and identities are celebrated. In this new Galileo, every pupil is welcome, but there are some who aren't so happy with the recent changes. That includes everyone's least favorite professor, Septimus Dropwort, a stodgy old man known for his harsh rules and harsher punishments. But when the professor's body is discovered on school grounds with a mysterious note clenched in his lifeless hand, the academy students must solve the murder themselves because everyone's a suspect. So this is told from, as I said at the top, more than a dozen alternating and diverse perspectives. The Grimoire of Grave Fates follows Galileo's best and brightest young magicians as they race to discover the truth behind Dropwort's mysterious death. Each one of them is confident that they only have this, that only they have the skills needed to unravel the web of secrets hidden within the halls. But they're about to discover that even for straight-A students, magic doesn't always play by the rules. So this is The Grimoire of Grave Fates by Hannah Alkoff and others, as mentioned, out June 6th. I don't usually pick too many anthologies, but I was 
caught immediately by a murder in a magic school. So I am really excited to read this one. And I love the premise and I'm sorry to say it. The cover is so good. The cover is fantastic. It is dark and moody. It gets you in the mood for like magic school vibes. And I am really curious to see how like 18 contributors reads as a cohesive Mm -hmm. piece. And so many of the authors in the list, I have read things from and have loved. So I'm excited to see it kind of translate as well. I love that. It just sounds so good and a perfect thing for summer. Perfect summer read. Speaking of murder, we're going to transition into the thriller portion of Emma's list with The Whispers by Ashley Audrain. This also comes out on June 6th. So she's the author of The Push. If you read that a few years ago, that book was absolutely everywhere and so creepy. So uh, she's back with The Whispers. This follows the Loverly family. So the Loverlies sit by the hospital bed of their young son, who's in a coma after falling from his bedroom window in the middle of the night. His mother, Whitney, will not speak to anyone. Back home, their friends and their neighbors are left in shock, each confronting their own role in the events that led up to what happened that terrible night. There's the warm, altruistic Parks, who are the Loverlies' best friends, the young and ambitious goldsmiths who are struggling to start a family of their own and the quiet elderly Portuguese couple who care for their adult son with a developmental disability and who pass the long days on the front porch watching their neighbors go about their busy lives. The story spins out over the course of one week in the alternating voices of the women in each family as they are forced to face the secrets within the walls of their own homes and the uncomfortable truths that connect them all to one another. Set against the heart-wrenching drama of what will happen to Xavier, who hangs between death and life, or A Life Changed Forever, The Whispers is a novel about what happens when we put our needs ahead of our children's. Exploring the quiet sacrifices of motherhood, the intuitions that we silence, the complexities of our closest friendships, and the danger of envy, this is a novel about the reverberations of life's most difficult decisions. Dang, I love a thriller that also makes you think. So this sounds perfect for summer. It's that great mix that I like of sort of suburban family drama unfolding The Whispers by Ashley Audrain is out on June 6th. Thriller plus family drama, always going to be a good time. Yeah, geez. And I do, I don't, it's like a subsect of the thrillers where you also grapple with like parenthood and all of those things. Um, I think I saw a list or like a library book display about like mom thrillers where motherhood plays a big portion <laughs> of, that makes a um, lot of, sense. of that sort of domestic thriller, suburban sort of genre. So we've got an even more niche uh, for the ones that sort of explore motherhood specifically in this space. But I'm obviously always intrigued because motherhood is something I'm still new at and don't feel like I'll ever have a good grasp on it. So I at least am comforted to know that everyone struggles. <laughs> Yes, you are not alone. (laughs) A suburban family thriller. Mm, Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Give me that genre, please. (laughs) My list today is, I kind of just like shuffled the deck and I have things spread out. Uh, So I I do have a romance in here. We will get to it. Uh, But I am also like aptly now hitting the suspense-y, supernaturally thrillery portion of my list. So this is a supernatural thriller from the author of The Dead in the Dark. This is Where Echoes Die by Courtney Gold out June 20th. So another young adult title for us here, but this follows Beck Bershing. Uh, She's been adrift since the death of her mother, a brilliant but troubled investigative reporter. She can't stop herself from slipping into memories of happier days, longing for a time when things were more normal. So when a mysterious letter in her mother's handwriting arrives in the mail that reads, come and find me, pointing to the small town at the center of her last investigation, Beck hopes that it may hold the answers. But when Beck and her sister Riley arrive in Backravel, Arizona, 
it's clear that something is off. There are no cars, no cemeteries, no churches. The town is a mix of dilapidated military structures and new shiny buildings, all overseen by a gleaming treatment center high on a plateau. No one seems to remember when they got there, and Beck digs deeper into the town's enigmatic leader and his daughter, Avery, and as she does this, she begins to suspect that they know more than they're letting on. As Beck and her sister search for answers about their mother, she and Avery are increasingly drawn together, and their unexpected connection brings up emotions Beck has fought to keep buried. She's desperate to hold on to the way things used to be, but when she starts losing herself in Backravel and its connection to her mother, she risks losing her way back out. In Where Echoes Die, Courtney Gold draws readers into a haunting desert town to explore grief, the weight of not letting go of the past, first love, the bonds between sisters, mothers, and daughters. So that is Where Echoes Die by Courtney Gold, out June 20th. Mine may have been a supernatural pick, but it does fit into that family drama. <laughs> it does. And it looks so good. Right? I this I know this is kind of where you and I split on thrillers that I tend to go uh, supernatural when possible or or I go the like horror route too in my in my thriller reading. Um, but I I feel like this is a this is a good bridge for the two of us. <laughs> yeah, it has all of those elements that we both enjoy. I love that you said that though, because we definitely do have our preferences. (laughs) So my next pick is uh, not going to surprise anyone when I tell you what it's about. So the next one is My Murder by Katie Williams. This book comes out again on June 6th. So June 6th is so hot for June releases. This was such a trippy concept to me that I couldn't help but be drawn to it. And I've heard quite a bit of buzz about this book in the lead up to its publication. So what if the murder you had to solve was your own? Immediately intrigued. Lou is a happily married mother of an adorable toddler. Can relate again. So uh, she's also the victim of a local serial killer. Recently brought back to life and returned to her grieving family by a government project. She is grateful for the second chance, but as the new Lou readapts to her old routines and as she bonds with other female victims, she realizes that disturbing questions remain about what exactly preceded her death and how much she can really trust those around her. Now, it's not enough to care for her child, love her husband, and work the job she's always enjoyed. She must also figure out the circumstances of her death. This is starkly comic, tautly paced, and full of surprises. My murder is a devour in one sitting, clever twist on the classic thriller. It just, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, this was going to be on my list too. I uh, saw so it was on yours. So here we go. We found the intersection of our, yeah. <laughs> of our thriller love again, because this is fantastic. It's a really interesting what take yeah. on this this sort of uh, type of story. And yeah, that sort of, we have similar stories. I'm thinking of the Wendy Walker book from a f- many years ago where you could, I think it's where you can take a pill or something or there's some type of procedure where yes. you forget memories. Mm-hmm. But then that, the issue in that book is that the they still remember instinctively they feel it in their body even if they don't remember what specifically happened and so this kind of reminds me of that of just how you are meant to return to your old life when something so traumatic and terrible has happened to you and how you grapple with all of those things and this is a definitely an interesting take in trying to solve your own murder so yeah. a little bit supernatural or a little bit sciencey for sure. Right. This to me, it's funny. You kind of went the way of like eternal sunshine and all of that, which like that makes a lot of sense. I was thinking more like the lovely bones kind of direction of the goat, you know, ghost telling yes. the story of her yeah. death where we have the like, instead, I don't know what happened. I was murdered by a serial killer and now I have to solve it. This, yeah, yeah this will be fab. This is this is the one. <laughs> this is yeah. So that is my murder by Katie Williams. Again, that's out June sixth. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. 
Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Science! 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 Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. I'll break up the thrillers uh, with a little little romance here. This is The Do's and Donuts of Love by Adiba Jagradar. This is out June 6th. See, it's a, June is packed, but all clearly on one day. (laughs) This is a pun-filled YA contemporary romance uh, where we find teenage girl competing in a televised baking competition with contestants, including her ex-girlfriend, and a potential new crush. It is perfect for fans of The Great British Bake Off, and she drives me crazy. Welcome to the first ever Junior Irish Baking Show. Shireen Malik is still reeling from the breakup with her ex-girlfriend, Chris, when she receives news that she's been accepted as a contestant on a new televised baking competition show. This is Shireen's dream come true, because winning will not only mean prize money, it will also bring some much-needed attention to You Drive Me Glazy, her parents' beloved donut shop. My God, I love that. <laughs> what? I, I'm a sucker for a pun. Things get complicated, though, because Chris is also a contestant on the show. Then there's that very outgoing Naima, a fellow contestant who is becoming fast friends with Shireen. Things are heating up between them and not just in the kitchen. As the competition intensifies, Shireen will have to ignore all these factors and more, including potential sabotage, if she wants a sweet victory. So it sounds fun, light, lighthearted. I love the cover design. Uh, I love the puns. So that is The Do's and Donuts of Love by Adiba Jagradar, out June 6th. So good. Right? You drive me glazy. Oh, if there was a donut shop around here named that, the speed at which I would become a regular customer for the name alone. Yes. I love a pun filled anything. Agreed. <laughs> so, absolutely. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that brief respite from thrillers because we're going to go back in. <laughs> I, I mean, same. My next title is immediately going to drag us back down. To some thrillers, but I promise to end my picks with some uh, more fun YA that's a little bit out of the scope. But my next pick is Girls and Their Horses by Eliza Jane Brazier. This book has been on my radar for many, many months. First and foremost, because the cover, I'm sorry, was stunning. It's very captivating. It's like a magenta background. Um, and then a woman and a horse and her sunglasses match the like magenta. It's yeah. So immediately interest was peaked because we do notice books by their covers as we've talked about many times. And this book is out on June 6th and it's set in the glamorous and competitive world of show jumping. So uh, horse girlies, this is for you. This is a novel about the girls who ride, their cutthroat mothers, and a suspicious death at a horse show. So when the nouveau riche Parker family moves to an exclusive community in the heart of Southern California, they believe it's their chance at a fresh start. We love a fresh start in a thriller. (laughs) Heather Parker is determined to give her daughters the life she never had, starting with horses. She signs them up for riding lessons at Rancho Santa Fe Equestrian, where horses are a lifestyle. 
Heather becomes a barn mom. Love that. Uh, part of a group of wealthy women who hang at the stables, drink wine, and prepare their daughters for competition. It's not long before the Parker family is fully enmeshed in the horse world, from mean girl clicks to barn romances and dark secrets. With the end of summer horse show fast approaching, the pressure is on, and these mothers will stop at nothing to give their daughters everything they deserve. Before the summer is over, lies will turn lethal, accidents will happen, and someone will end up dead. Dang. So that is Girls and Their Horses by Eliza Jane Brazier, again, also out on June 6th. You know, I am not a horse girl, but I think I could be a barn mom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank I yourself. I'm a barn mom. A barn mom. Um, I love, again, we're going a little bit into that stereotypical vibe, but I do just love a good thriller that sort of peek into the lives of people completely different from myself. I have nothing to do with horses or like anything equestrian. Uh, I don't live in an exclusive community in Southern California, et cetera. And so this sort of diving into this type of world um, and seeing all of their lies and secrets, it definitely gives me big little lies vibes uh, in sort of that tight, uh, tight knit group, prestigious community, but obviously, uh, things are not as glamorous and shiny as they seem. Is this another instance where the cover doesn't match the vibe entirely? I, I feel like we've brought that up, um, in all of our monthly episodes, we end up with one where like, it's a, like, this is a, this is a great cover, but for whatever reason, it doesn't read thriller to me. And maybe yes. it's just because I'm looking at it on a computer screen. Um, when you held up the the actual, it, it a little bit more, it reads thriller, uh, but it it does not read thriller to me in this like in the same way that a lot of thriller covers read thriller. No, I agree. I think the cover is very striking. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that I would have immediately thought that it was thriller. I would have perhaps yeah. thought it was a little bit more. Like like family drama, family drama, just straight lit, like or the even nest, like vaguely romance, um, or like a little succession-y vibes, like the nest, or yeah. like um, maybe Malibu Rising, even where it's mm-hmm. just sort of like, I mean, there's palm trees on the back, which you obviously can't see on the ebook cover, <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm not quite sure, but I think it's certainly compelling. It certainly caught my eye. Oh yeah. And I'm intrigued to see, uh, I'm intrigued to see more about the house girlies and the barn moms. <laughs> now that we've just called out the trend, I gotta, I gotta keep calling it out every time. I'm like that thriller doesn't really match. Cause it's all, it's been thrillers every time. Yeah. Where it's maybe a little <laughs> bit more of a glamorous. Right. So I'm shot. really interested for this new trend mm-hmm. that we're seeing. I think that's really fascinating. So sorry, listeners, I'm going to keep pointing it out, but yes, give me barn girlies and horse mom, barn moms. I'm, I'm a barn mom now. <laughs> My next pick, we're getting right back into the thriller and suspense world. This is have You Seen Her by Catherine McKenzie out on June 27th. So you can space out some of your reading here. Equipped with a burner phone and a new job, Cassie Peters has left her hectic and secretive life in New York City for the refuge of her hometown, Mammoth Lakes, California. There she begins working again with Yosemite Search and Rescue, where a case she worked a decade ago continues to haunt her. She quickly falls into old patterns, joining a group of fellow seasonal workers and young adventurers who have made Yosemite their home during the summer. There she meets Petal, a young woman living in a trailer with her much older wife, keeping a detailed diary of the goings-on of the park, and Jada, a recent college graduate on a cross-country road trip with her boyfriend, documenting their journey on Instagram. When these three women cross paths, Cassie's past catches up to her, and the shocking consequences ripple out far beyond any what they could have imagined in this unputdownable thriller from an author who never fails to impress. Thank you, Mary Kubica, um, for that never fails to impress quote. So this is, once again, Have You Seen Her by Catherine McKenzie, 
out June 27th. I know the description doesn't give us too much, but this hits so many of my favorite check marks in a thriller, especially for my summer reading time, where we've got someone returning to their past. So we're either going to a hometown or we're going to like the source of an incident. I, I love that trope. And this also made me think of Marissa because she is a national parks lover and a big adventurer outdoor recreation person. So the idea of joining Yosemite Search and Rescue and then that grouping together of like random people you meet along the way. Anyway, super excited for this one. It looks like a fun outdoorsy thriller, perfect summer vibes, in my opinion. Yeah. And Yosemite is such a cool setting for a thriller. It's already creepy on its own. Like it can be beautiful and stunning, but I think anything that has that much Nature. wild power. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. It can be beautiful and threatening. Terrifying. My next pick is Everything's Fine by Cecilia Rabus. I don't know if I said that right. So I apologize profusely. If that is incorrect, this book I have been excited about since Curtis Sittenfeld told me about it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, sometimes we got a name drop the cool things that we get to do, but she first brought this book to my attention and it immediately sounded fantastic. I really cannot wait to read this. This is also out. I'm so sorry. I didn't space out my picks on June 6th. On Jess's first day at Goldman Sachs, she's less than thrilled to learn she'll be on the same team as Josh, her white conservative sparring partner from college. Josh loves playing the devil's advocate and is just the worst. But when Jess finds herself the sole black woman on the floor, overlooked and underestimated, it's Josh who shows up for her in surprising, if imperfect ways. Before long, an unlikely friendship one tinged with undeniable chemistry, forms between the two, a friendship that gradually and then suddenly turns into an electrifying romance that shocks them both. Despite their differences, the force of their attraction propels the relationship forward and Jess begins to question whether it's more important to be happy than right. But then it's 2016 and the cultural and political landscape shifts underneath them, and Jess, who is just beginning to discover who she is and who she has the right to be, is forced to ask herself what she's willing to compromise for love and whether, in fact, everything's fine. A stunning debut that introduces Cecilia as a blazing new talent, Everything's Fine is a painfully funny, poignant, sharp novel that doesn't just ask, will they, but should they? Yes. So that is out on, again, June 6th, Everything's Fine by Cecilia Rabus. Again, love. I'm so sorry at that pronunciation. <laughs> I also love a cover that's like, that gives you nothing. Yeah. Other than like visual stunning, because it's a beautiful cover with just that smashed strawberry. But I love when it doesn't, it, like there's no hints to what's about to happen. Yes. And I love the title as well. Everything's mm -hmm. fine. It's I what so many of us. So often. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so many layers there, but I like that this is sort of a ironic, like sharp commentary, but with romance. So yeah. It I highlights like so many of the things we all fall back onto, and we all have that person that like we don't think we like, that we think we can't stand, and then one day they surprise you. Ooh, sounds delicious. Yeah, that line between love and hate again is so <laughs> fine. You like what you like. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got another random break for us here. When this one came across my desk, I was shook. It sounds funny. Uh, I love Jeopardy. I am a secret grandma uh, inside. It's not really that secret. I love to go to bed early and never leave my home. So I'm everyone's grandma at this point. This is 100 Places to See After You Die, A Travel Guide to the Afterlife by Jeopardy host Ken Jennings. So, ever wonder which circles of Dante's Inferno have the nicest accommodations? Where's the best place to grab a bite uh, to eat in the ancient Egyptian underworld? 
how does one dress like a local in the heavenly palace of Hinduism's Lord Vishnu or avoid the flesh-eating river serpents in the Klingon afterlife? What hidden treasures can be found off the beaten path in Hades, Valhalla, or NBC's The Good Place? Find answers to all those questions and more about the worlds to come in this eternally entertaining book from Ken Jennings. A Hundred Places to See After You Die is written in the style of iconic best-selling travel guides, but instead of recommending must-see destinations in Mexico, Thailand, or Rome, Jennings outlines journeys through the afterlife as dreamed up over 5,000 years of human history by our greatest prophets, poets, mystics, artists, and TV showrunners. This comprehensive index of 100 different afterlife destinations was meticulously researched from sources ranging from the epic of Gilgamesh to modern day pop songs, video games, and Simpsons episodes. Get ready for whatever post-mortal destiny awaits you, whether it's an astral plane, a Hieronymus Bosch hellscape, or the baseball diamond from Field of Dreams. Fascinating, funny, and irreverent, this lighthearted memento mori will will help you create your very own bucket list for after you've kicked the bucket. So that is 100 Places to See After You Die by Ken Jennings. I love it. I love a cheeky book, (laughs) a cheeky nonfiction title that's going to explore uh, different ideas of faith and myth and mythology and TV shows. It sounds fun. It just sounds like a. this to me also screams like what I want to pick up in the summer, like a little bit of nonsense. So that one, once again, is out June 13th. That sounds fantastic. I'll just dive right into my next pick so we can get this show on the road. We have so many books. It's going to be a great month for books. My next pick is You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight by Kaylin Bayron. This is out June 20th from our friends at Bloomsbury. This follows a charity. She has the summer job of her dreams, playing the final girl at Camp Mirror Lake. Guests pay to be scared in this full contact terror game as Charity and her summer crew recreate scenes from a classic slasher film, The Curse of Camp Mirror Lake. The more realistic the fear, the better for business. But the last weekend of the season, Charity's co-workers begin disappearing. And when one ends up dead, Charity's role as the final girl suddenly becomes all too real. If Charity and her girlfriend, Bezzy, hope to survive the night, they'll need to figure out what this killer is after. As they unravel the bloody history of the real Mirror Lake, Charity discovers that there may be more to the story than she ever suspected. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This has everything <laughs> we love for summer. Yep. Summer camp. Final Girls, YA, horror, suspense, everything. I love it. Also, those people who can go to those haunted houses where they're allowed to like touch you and beat up on you. I I could I could never I because could never. It would be horrifying. I went to my first haunted house as an adult and I did not know how that was gonna go. I am very easy to startle. I don't scare easy, but like if you are like Emma, if right now you jumped at your camera and went boo, I would jump. Like that's just who I am. Yes. <laughs> but I did not expect my reaction to just be to start laughing like a lunatic every time someone jumped out at me. They would jump at me. I would like jump up and then I would just start laughing. And then like dad responses came out of me. I just go, oh, you got me. And then I keep on walking. Yeah, it's so interesting. I I feel like I function with a lot of fear in my daily life anyway, <laughs> or anxiety or worries. And so to willingly put yourself into a situation like, you know, a haunted house or like any of those like fear nights at theme parks right. or anything like that. Heck no, but I'll read about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Since my fight, flight, or freeze uh, can all be very dramatic, I'm not trying to hurt myself or anyone else. Or just be frozen in the middle of a theme park. <laughs> exactly. But that looks like the absolutely perfect summer. I love a summer camp story. Um, yes. and we, you know, a thriller. So definitely check that out. If you are so inclined, you are not supposed to die tonight. 
I am going to follow your path here. I'm going to go with a, another YA kind of fantasy, spooky-ish title. This is Shocker, out June 6th. This is St. Juniper's Folly by Alex Crespo. This, of course, immediately piqued my interest because it is described as Cemetery Boys meets The Haunting of Bly Manor, and it's a spellbinding debut. I I think those are like three of my favorite keywords. For Jamie, returning to the Vermont town of St. Juniper means returning to a past he spent eight years trying to forget. After shuttling between foster homes, he hopes to make something out of this fresh start. But every gossip in town already knows his business, and with reminders of his past everywhere, he seeks out solitude into the nearby woods, St. Juniper's Folly, and does not return. For Theo, St. Juniper means being stuck. He knows there's more out there, but he's scared to go and find it. His senior year is going to be like all the rest, dull and claustrophobic. That is until he wanders into the folly and stumbles on a haunted house with an acerbic yet handsome boy trapped as in physically trapped, inside. For Taylor, St. Juniper is a mystery. She tries to practice the magic her dad banned from the house after her mom, an accomplished witch, suddenly died. But without someone to guide her, she's floundering. Then, a wide-eyed teenager barges into her life, rambling about a haunted house and a trapped boy. He needs a witch. The folly and its ghosts will draw these three teenagers together, but can they each face their demons to forge a bond strong enough to escape the folly shadows? So this is a queer haunted house mystery in equal parts spine-tingling thrills and celebration of found family, and it's a must-read for paranormal romance fans. So that is St. Juniper's Folly by Alex Crespo, debut title, out June 6th. And the cover looks great. It's sorry, fun. not sorry. Uh, nope, never be <laughs> sorry for that, because a good cover is a good cover. <laughs> Speaking of good covers, my next pick is very compelling. It's She Started It by Cyan Gilbert. This is out on June 13th. Again, everything I want in a summer beach read. We have like a staircase leading down to a beach. We have neon colors and sunset vibes. Uh, apparently, I'm very predictable. But this is for fans of Lucy Fan Leanne Moriarty. So yes, uh, this is a summer uh, twisty thriller uh, from a debut author. Annabelle, Esther, Tanya, and Chloe are best friends, or they were as children. Despite drifting apart in adulthood, those shared secrets have kept them bonded for better or worse, even as their childhood dreams haven't quite turned out as they'd hoped. Then one day they receive a wholly unexpected, but not entirely unwelcome invitation from another old friend. Poppy Greer has invited them all to her extravagant bachelorette party, a first-class plane ticket to three days of white sand, cocktails, and relaxation on a luxe private island in the Bahamas. I do love a thriller where we take a glamorous, wonderful setting and make it sinister. So none of them have spoken to Poppy in years, but Poppy's Instagram pictures show that the girl they used to consider the weakest link in the group has definitely made good and made money. So curiosity gets the better of them. Besides, who can turn down a posh all-expenses-paid vacation on a Caribbean island? The first-class flight and the island's accommodations are just as opulent as expected, even if the scenic island proves more remote than they'd anticipated. Quite remote, in fact, with no cell service and no other guests. Dun, dun, dun. The women quickly discover they've underestimated Poppy and each other. As their darkest secrets are revealed, the tropical adventure morphs into a terrifying nightmare. Endlessly twisty, sharply observant, and deliciously catty, which I do love. She started it, is sure to shock readers until the very end. That is, again, She Started It by Cyan Gilbert out June 13th. Yes. Yep. Yes, please. Yep. I I love the dramatic secrets revealed stories and I you're right, gorgeous cover. I love the making it look like it's neon uh, yes. for the for the title. It's just great. And I do again as we've seen over the months love where we take a beautiful setting, a chateau, a private island, a cab like a luxury stay, a bachelorette party, these things that are supposed to be fun and relaxing and make them very dark and twisty. 
fantastic. So no shocker to anyone, my next pick is a fast-paced, gripping YA dystopian series just starting out. This is coming out on June 6th from Christy Acevedo, The Warning. Like most high school seniors, Alexandra Lucas is caught between living in the moment and an unknown future. Her anxiety disorder doesn't make that any easier, but she's coping until her train stops on the way home from a concert with her boyfriend. At first, she's worried about breaking curfew. Then terror echoes through their train car. A mysterious doorway has opened beside the tracks, and a hologram claiming to be a human from the future shares a sinister warning. A comet is on a collision course with Earth. All life there will end in six months' time. To survive, people must step through one of the many portals that have opened around the world. The holograms claim to offer safety, but how can anyone be sure? Stay or go, everyone must make their own choice. Alex's family, her friends, her boyfriend all have different ideas. Alex is only sure of one thing. She wants to decide for herself, but every decision comes at a price. So that is The Warning by Christy Acevedo out June 6th. Give me some dystopian anytime. Yes, we love a dystopian story. It sounds perfect. Very quickly, my last pick for June is Sing Me to Sleep by Gabby Burton. This is out on June 27th. This is a dark and seductive YA fantasy debut featuring a siren. So we do love that fantastical, that mythological element here. So Sersha Sarkova survives on lies. As a soldier in training at the most prestigious barracks in the kingdom, she lies about being a siren to avoid execution. At night, working as an assassin for a dangerous group of mercenaries, Sersha lies about her true identity. And to her family, Sersha tells the biggest lie of all, that she can control her siren powers and doesn't struggle constantly against an impulse to kill. As the top trainee in her class, Sersha would be headed for a bright future if it weren't for the need to keep her secrets out of the spotlight. But when a mysterious blackmailer threatens her sister, Sersha takes a dangerous job that will help her investigate. She becomes a personal bodyguard to the crown prince. Sersha should hate Prince Hayes. After all, his father is the one who enforces the kingdom's brutal creature segregation laws. But when Hayes turns out to be kind, thoughtful, and charming, Sersha finds herself increasingly drawn to him, especially when they're forced to work together to stop a deadly killer who's plaguing the city. There's only one problem. Sersha is that deadly killer. Uh, This features an all black and brown cast, a forbidden romance, and is a compulsively dark plot full of twists. Thrilling YA fantasy is perfect for fans of A Song Below Water and To Kill a Kingdom. Again, this is Sing Me to Sleep by Gabby Burton up June 27th. That sounds amazing. So good. It's everything I love in one book. So I uh, (laughs) do I sense a little romanticy read yes if you just listened to our recent romanticy recommendation uh, this is technically young adult but I'm going to categorize it in a similar style um, where you've got all of those uh, fantasy elements and then the romantic plot is a little bit secondary but no less thrilling My almost last pick, because I have a a cheeky little one to end on that no one will be surprised by, but my last like official pick is The Library of Broken Worlds by Aliyah Don Johnson. This one is out June 6th. In the winding underground tunnels of the library, the great peacekeeper of the three systems, a, a heinous secret lies buried, and Frida is the only one who can uncover it. As the daughter of a library god, Frida has spent her whole life exploring the library's ever-changing tunnels and communing with the gods. Her unparalleled access makes her unique and dangerous. When Frida meets Joshua, a Tyrian boy desperate to save his people, and Negrui, a disciple from a persecuted religious minority, Frida is compelled to help them. But in order to do so, she will have to venture deeper into the library than she has ever known. There she will discover the atrocities of the past, the truth of her origins, and the impossibility of her future. With the world at the brink of war, Frida embarks on a journey to fulfill her destiny, one that pits her against an ancient war god. Her mission is straightforward, destroy the god before he can rain hellfire upon thousands of innocent lives. 
if he doesn't destroy her first. That is The Library of Broken Worlds by Aliyah Don Johnson. And then to wrap us up, how could I not mention a book that we have both been clamoring for uh, since the beginning of the year, out June 20th. This is The Only One Left by Riley Sager. It's coming out this month, y'all. It's finally here. I am so excited. Just, you know we love Riley here. And I, I love his books. All of them are fantastic and fabulous and a different ride on the thriller train. I think every book he has, you can find something that fits for you. But remember, this one is the Lizzie Borden-esque title that takes place uh, first kind of in that similar time in the 20s and then moves into the 80s. So gothic chiller about a young caregiver assigned to work for a woman accused of a Lizzie Borden-like massacre decades earlier. June 20th, cannot wait. Wow, that was so many books. So many books. But and we got them all in. We got them all in. Hopefully you have no shortage of things to read out in June. Let us know what you're most looking forward to in the month of June and to read for summer. Do you like romance? Do you like thriller? Or do you prefer something else when the weather gets warmer? Let us know. Let us know on social media, tweet at us, comment on our Instagram post for this episode, what your go-to summer reads are. We want to hear from you because Emma and I have similar summer vibes. We want to know what yours are. Indeed. Shout out us on any social media channels and happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.